Talking with Topher is sponsored by SlowdownClothing.BigCartel.com, New Hampshire Vape Gallery, and NaturalBossNH.com. More on that later. Let's get into episode 94. Talking with Topher. Talking with Topher. Talking with Topher. What is happening, TWT fans? It is so good to be back. It is Monday, January 17th, 2022. It's 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's Martin Luther King Day. And it has been a crazy day, but before I get into all of that, let me start off by saying thank you. Thank you to all my subscribers. I appreciate you so much. Um, You really do keep me coming back here week after week, whether you're watching or you're listening. And I thank you all for subscribing. Um, Remember to rate, review, and uh, leave comments. Uh, Let's see. If you're new to the podcast, that's right. You new, you watching, you listening, you just stopping by, hit that subscribe button. If you want to know when all the new podcasts get uploaded, make sure you set the alarms. Um, You can also get more involved and help the podcast grow by rating, reviewing, and leaving comments. And always give a thumbs up for the video. Um, All of those things help the podcast grow, and I need your help to do it. Um, Let's see. If you want to get more involved with the podcast and you want a chance to get some free Slow Down merch, uh, put slow down in the subject line and send your email over to T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. That's talking with Topher at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, that's a great way to get more involved with the podcast. Whether you want advice or you want to tell a story, just put slow down in the subject line. You're going to get the opportunity to get some free merch and send it on over to T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. That's talking with Topher at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to follow me, I'm on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. Again, that is Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. All right, go there, give a follow. I'm on there every week, almost all week, trying to give you content throughout the week. Again, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. And now with all that out of the way, let's get into today's episode. Sorry, I keep checking my camera. I will be up front. Uh, I did record 45 minutes already and nothing got recorded. So I'm trying to re, uh, remember, re-remember all the stuff I already said. Uh, so bear with me a little bit. How was, uh, everybody's weekend? Uh, did you do good during the cold? There was a lot of people without heat. Um, there was a lot of, I, I had a couple customers come in that were having their heat worked on. Oof. I'm telling you right now, one of the best things I ever did was get on a fuel uh, program, and uh, now I pay X amount of dollars a month. Um, It goes into a little piggy bank, and I know sometimes that could be tough, but at the end of the day, heat's super important, so I also pay a little bit extra every year, and I always have my furnace cleaned and checked uh, by, by a legit company. Um, that way, in case anything goes wrong, all the blame falls on them. This is the one thing I'm going to tell everybody out there. If you are doing things where things can go wrong, right, your car, your house, um, you want to hire someone that's reliable 
in case something goes wrong, it'll fall back onto that company. All right. I think those things are super important. Like if I was having my transmission fixed, I would bring it somewhere that has uh, good, good recommendations, good ratings, um, good warranty, uh, stands behind their work. And I would pay the extra money to have that done. That way, in case the transmission fails again, now it's all covered under them. Well, the same goes for my furnace. I have it cleaned out. I have it checked. I have this changed. I have the oil thing changed every year and make sure everything is running properly so that I don't run into those issues in the winter. Now, here's a funny story. Uh, when me and my wife first bought the house, we... I was looking into all of this, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to have my furnace cleaned now. And I would call them in January, and I would be like, oh, yeah, can you come and clean my furnace? And they're like, um, why don't you call us when you're done using your furnace, and then we'll come clean it. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, you want to clean your furnace when you're not using it. And then you use your furnace. And then you have us come and clean it again when you're not using it. And I was like, oh, that makes more sense. I, I was unaware of this situation, you know, never owning a house or having these things to think about. Now I do. And so, therefore, I had to, um, you know, figure that all out. But I pay them every year to come and clean my furnace and make sure everything is running properly. And then I'm also on an oil budget plan that locks me into however many uh, gallons for the year. It also locks me in at a price that it can never go over, even with inflation. So I've been doing this since we bought the house. So it's been nine years. And this is the first year that I locked into a rate and I was super pleased about it because I knew it was going to inflate again, and it did, and I don't pay any different price, you know. So this is something I've highly recommended uh, to all my friends and family, um, to, to anybody I meet. If, if there's anything that you need in this, in this life in New England is heat. All right. So I recommend doing things like this to take that worry out from under you. You know, now I don't have I don't worry about my furnace failing. I don't worry about not having oil. I don't worry about any of those things. And that is super important um, to have in order to live in New England. You know, if your furnace goes down, then your pipes can freeze. Once pipes freeze, then they burst and you're just in a world of shit after that. So the one thing I can recommend uh, with it getting so cold, with this weather going crazy, is make sure everything uh, to heat and keep you warm in the winter is working and functioning properly. All right. Um, let's see. Friday, I'm not going to do my normal weekly roundup just because um, I'm, I'm, I'm pressed for time at the moment. Uh, but I was talking to Tyler on Friday. And this brings me to one of my goals that I have reached, um, which was dropping my nicotine. 
And uh, to get into it is, uh, you know, I, I have been asked a thousand and one times, uh, what is the difference between Nick Salt and Freebase Juice? And I will tell you, it's the nicotine content. That's it. So you have three milligram, which is 0.03%. All right. You have 5% on Jewel Pods. That is 50 milligrams. Okay. And when I first started vaping about eight years ago, I was on three milligram. All right. And back then it was liquid nicotine. So the liquid nicotine would make all the juice darken. You would have a very short life with that juice. I think it was about a year unopened, maybe six months once it was opened because it would oxidize and it would turn so dark. It would just destroy coils. But everybody, so the, one, the thing I can tell you about Nixalt, it's concentrated nicotine. So they found a way to concentrate liquid nicotine and when they did that it turned into these white crystally uh look this white crystally looking substance that replicated the look of salt so therefore that's where saltnik the name and brand came from so that was capable of making the 50 milligrams like Back in the day when they were using liquid nicotine, they could go up to about 24 before that bottle was, like, black. Now, with the salt nick, right, they can go all the way up to 55, 60. I mean, I don't carry anything more than 55. I've heard there's a 6% out there. I think that's insane. That's too much nicotine in my eyes. Um, But people like it. Now... When me and Tyler were talking, he was talking about, you know, limiting himself to about a half an hour every so many hours. And I was like, dude, it's going to be difficult for you to do that at 25 milligrams. I was like, when we were both vaping on three milligrams, I'd say, yeah, you could possibly get away with it. But I feel once you go past freebase juice, you're dealing with a different animal. Now, this was originally designed to help you get off of the cigarettes, to help you get away from the chemicals in the cigarettes because it gave you a bigger punch, a bigger rush. But when I'm sitting on my couch vaping on my 25 milligram and all of a sudden I get dizzy, I find it hard to hold open my eyes, I feel like I'm going to puke, my heart feels like it's coming out of its chest, I'm shaking, and then I'm all of a sudden sweating, that's an issue and that's also called nicotine poisoning. So that happened to me. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday night. And Friday, I go into work and I made the decision to, go, to cut all the way down to six. So I went from 25 milligrams. Uh, I went, uh, let's, let's get this timeline right. Eight years ago, three milligram. Three years ago, went up to 50 milligram when it first came out. About a year ago, I went down to 25 milligram, and that's where I've been sitting for about a year or so, maybe a little bit more. And now, my goal was to get down to 6 milligram. Now, I've got multiple goals between all of this to bring me to the end of the year. 
But like I was telling Tyler, I can't cut this out of my life. I've been smoking since I was nine. This is more than just getting rid of nicotine. Everybody's like, oh, just get nicotine out of your life. You'll be fine. It's a habit. It's part of my everyday routine. The vape is charging it, filling it, using it, when I use it. It's all part of my day. So now you're not asking me to just get rid of nicotine. You're asking me to change my entire day, day to day. So that is where the difficulty comes in. So what I told him was, is he needs to get his nicotine down. And then he could go that route because it'll be easier. With, with the high nicotine that was only designed to really help you get off of cigarettes, then you're supposed to go back into freebase where you're vaping on it all the time. It's a lot of nicotine. It's a high, highly addictive substance in the first place. And now you're pumping so much into your system that you're turning up that addiction in a sense. So I, it's day four for me right now. I'm still a little irritable, especially after what I just went through with the computer. Um, but it's manageable. It's not bad. And um, so far, so good. Uh, when this gets released, it'll be a little over a week, and we'll see how we're doing then. Um, but I have a feeling I'll be doing a lot better. I figure a week or two, and I'll have it down pat. We'll be, I'll be on 6 milligram from here on out. And then, of course, my next goal is to slowly chop down all of my devices until I'm left with one or none. And then it'll be lozenges and pouches um, at the end of that. The other reason I went down to 6 milligram is because that's where pouches and lozenges start. So it makes it easier to, um, I don't know if it, transition. It makes it easier to transition from vape to um, lozenger pouches. So I've got a whole thing lined up. I'm ready to do it, and I'm so glad that I finally, I, I actually jumped on this goal a lot sooner than I thought, um, and it was mostly because I made myself sick again. And this isn't the first time it's happened, you know. Tyler says he's done it a few times and he didn't know what it was. And I was like, it's nicotine poisoning. So just know that um, even though, you know, you're getting that buzz, you're getting that everything, you're becoming more and more addicted to that nicotine every time. Um, it's going to be harder to get away from it. And it won't be until you get down under uh, like 12 uh, before it'll be a lot easier to let go of the habit. Um, but you know, that's, that's what salt Nick's doing. You know, it's giving you that high, high rush. Um, but unfortunately it is making us more addicted to it. So, but yeah, so salt Nick is literally in everything because nobody uses, no one uses liquid nicotine anymore. Everybody uses Nick salt. So when you ask for a juice, that has no Nick salt in it, I'm going to give you a confused look because that doesn't exist. Um, you know, we found out that we get a two-year shelf life with the salt Nick. Um, it oxidizes uh, uh, slower. Also, lights don't turn it as quickly. Now, being in my case all day with the lights on, uh, I used to watch juices get pretty dark. 
So it's nice to not see that, but it looks like we're going to get an opportunity for a longer shelf life because now we're going synthetic nicotine. That's right. It'll no longer be derived from the plant. It'll all be synthetic. We're all still going to have to pay our taxes. Shipping will still be the same. It still won't be allowed to at your house. Da, 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 da. All the laws stay in effect. All the taxes stay in effect, which is fine. I don't care. But what I'm thinking is, is that if it's synthetic nicotine, there's no more flavor from the nicotine. So now when you buy a high concentrated nicotine, you should get the flavor as if it was a zero, which is a lot. People usually complain, and I know that I'm kind of being vague here, but I will say that a lot of people are like, hey, I'm at 12 milligrams. And, and the juice doesn't, t- doesn't taste good, but then you were out of 12. I came in, bought six, and it was so flavorful. And I'm like, yeah, that's because the nicotine gives it flavor. It takes away from the flavor. So if it's taking away from the flavor, then you have... So, therefore, I believe the synthetic nicotine is going to be better. I'm hoping we get a longer shelf life. You know, it would be nice to have an unopened bottle good for three years instead of two on our shelves. Not that any of my bottles ever last that long. And because of rotation, um, nothing ever makes it that far. And we always dispose of our old juices uh, before they expire. Uh, But, you know, um, I think this is going to be great all around, you know, flavor-wise. Um, um, expiration wise. And, um, you know, I just think it's going to be a better product. Now I didn't realize that TFN is a name brand, so it's tobacco free nicotine, but TFN is a name brand, just like Saltnik name brand, but everybody just uses that name. So everybody calls synthetic nicotine TFN. And I, I did that to a company and they were like, Oh, we can't put those stickers on because we're just using a synthetic nicotine. We are not using TFN. And if we put TFN stickers on our boxes, we can get sued because they are looking for everybody trying to put TFN on their bottles that is not using their product. And I was like, oh, I thought synthetic nicotine was tobacco-free nicotine. I was under the impression it was the same. See? Just like everybody calls Saltnik Saltnik, and you don't realize that they use the salt concentrated nicotine in everything, you know? So it's, it, it's weird little things like that in the vaping world that people get confused on, um, they don't understand. And I hope that brings a little bit more light to it. So if you come in and you're looking for salt, no salt nick in your juice, it's not going to happen. There's nobody on the market still use, in the market still using liquid nicotine anymore. No one does it. It's too costly, um, and it has way too many complications, um, and it takes away from the flavor tremendously. So, therefore, Saltnik was the better alternative. But now, with synthetic nicotine, we may see, uh, you know, you might be able to buy a 6 or a 12, and it's going to taste like a 0. So you're going to get full taste, you're going to get full nicotine, and it shouldn't oxidize as 
quickly, I'm sure it's going to have some oxidization. I mean, everything oxidizes, right? It hits oxygen. That's what's, ha that's what's happening. So what I'm thinking is it's going to be better overall, overall. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I do have to say that about 30 to 40% of everything I'm ordering and reordering right now is coming in synthetic nicotine. So this is the new world. You know what I mean? Um, you know, this weather has been crazy. And I woke up this morning, you know, and it, 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 it's snowing just like they promised. Um, and then I get out there around 7.50 this morning. And I start shoveling, and then around 8 or 9, no, probably about 9, it starts raining. And I wish, oh, my God, it was like buckets. I was like, what is happening? It's like downpouring. I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst. I am soaked through my jacket, through my sweatshirt. It was getting into my T-shirt. I was like, this is so uncomfortable. My gloves were soggy. I was wringing them out as I was wearing them. Um, just getting rid of all the snow, the neighbor in the duplex parked out on the street. So the plow went around her car, you know, so I had to snow blow all that shit back because the last thing I'm going to do is just, uh, not do that and let the plow push it back into the driveway. So I was out there until 1115 this morning and I just was beat. I was just beat. I get into the house. I'm talking to the wife. She's getting ready for work. I was like, what are you still doing here? I had you ready to leave um, uh, like two hours ago. And she's like, oh, you know. Da, 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 da. So she's on her way out the door. And then I'm um, getting stuff uh, ready. I'm getting cleaned up. I decided to leave this. I liked it. And I don't know if you noticed, but last week I was wearing a different pair of glasses because I had left my glasses at school last Monday. Uh, that was irritating. But, I mean, those are a script behind this. And these are like five years old. So I'm so overdue. And I'm, I keep wondering why things don't look right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Need to have my eyes updated. But, yeah, it was a lot of rain, a lot of snow. And then it was like, by the end of it, you were just pushing around water. It was like you were shoveling, and then you were building walls, and it was just filling up like little pools everywhere. So I couldn't use the snowblower towards the end. Had to use more of my shovel. And uh, it just felt really good to get that all done. By 1 o'clock, the sun was out. The rain had stopped. And, I, you know, it'll, it'll be nice to have a snowstorm like that come through and... By the end of today, I've got a black driveway now. And, you know, that makes me super, super excited. So I was listening to uh, Dr. Drew's podcast, um, and they had a guest on that was uh, talking about uh, addiction and recovery. And they were talking about addiction to uh, marijuana, which I do understand. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be open to it. Um, but because it's not my addiction, um, I don't understand how you get addicted to something that's not addictive, but that's my brain, my way of thinking. Um, I think as it becomes more and more legal and more and more people start using it and we get to learn more and more about the plant, it is a drug and I'm sure anybody can be addicted to anything, right? We got all kinds of addictions, so why not marijuana too? 
But she was saying, uh, she was asked if she uh, agreed with the legalization of marijuana. And when asked this question, she said, I cannot answer that question um, because it's something that I don't want in my life. And that really irritated me. I started thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. How can you sit there and even think that it should still be demonized? It should still be illegal um, just because you have a problem with it. And then it got me really thinking that's how I was towards alcohol when I first quit. I got off alcohol and I was like maybe a month or two in. And I told my friend how irritated I was that my wife was drinking. I was irritated that alcohol was everywhere. I was ir- I don't think people should be allowed to drink. I think it should be legal. No one should. And he was like, why? I drink. I don't have a problem with it. And I'm like, yeah, but it's bad for you. It kills you. At least pot doesn't kill you. And it's stupid. And he's like, no, you're either jealous or angry. And you think... That just because you're doing this, everybody needs to do this? And I was like, ooh, ooh, that's interesting. No, I didn't see it that way, but now that I do, I can't unsee it that way. And this is exactly how I saw her when she was talking about it. And then, of course, Dr. Drew reiterated and said that it should be legal. It's people's choices. If those are the choices they want to make, they should be allowed to make them. I completely 100% agree. And then if somebody has a problem with it, that person needs to deal with their problem, not the other way around. That's the way it should be. That's how I'm dealing with my alcoholism, right? But I thought the same way about alcohol as she thinks about marijuana even though I think it's completely wrong. And then uh, Pauline, I think, is Dr. Drew's daughter. She came on. She was talking about how she had problems with marijuana. Um, And I was just like, Jesus Christ, man, this is crazy. Marijuana uh, is the only thing that helps me. So, And then the lady was like, well, if you're smoking pot and, you know, I think Drew Drew brought up uh, California sober, sober. Which is where you only smoke pot, I guess. And then she was like, no, this is ridiculous. You can't say you're sober if you're still smoking pot. And I was like, well, that I agree with, which is why I have never said I am sober. I'm just off my addiction um, because I do smoke pot. I do eat mushrooms from time to time. I will, um, you know, do specific things that I feel are not even remotely close to uh, addictive for me. Like I'm not addicted to mushrooms. I can definitely walk away from those at any time. I am not addicted to like special K or, uh, 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 DMT or marijuana. You know, I might be a regular everyday user for marijuana, but I'm not addicted to it. And the reason I can say that and have confidence in what I'm saying is that have you ever had to get a job? Well, you got to quit smoking pot in order to pass that drug test. So I have done that over a dozen times. I have literally looked at everybody and been like, well, I got to get a new job and just put it down. Do whatever I got to do so that I'm not pissing positive for pot. And then I get that job. I get everything set up and then boom, I'm right back to smoking pot again. So luckily for me, it's not a problem. It's something that I have under control. But it's funny 
that I couldn't control my liquor the same way. And I do find it funny because I'm like, oh, I wish I could have done this with alcohol. But my brain doesn't work that way. So you take the good, you take the bad, right? And there you have the facts of life. Um, but you just, you've got to do what's right for you. I'm going to do what's right for me. The only thing I can do is tell you what I've done and what I'm doing and just see if it works for you. Um, but marijuana should be legal. It should be legal 100%. We're going to figure this uh, plant out. We're going to find so many more medical uses for it than we already have found today. Um, and with the hemp laws and everything else, we're going to, we're going to be digging into the hemp side of things. So I still want, you know, this to go legal federally. I don't see why it can't anymore. Um, and I just believe that if you have a problem with it, that's your problem. And you can't go around saying that it should be illegal because you have a problem with it. Just like I can't go around and say that alcohol should be illegal because I have a problem with it. So I found that to be very interesting. And, and another thing, too, is that I've, I've, I've been saying that you should listen to people that make you upset. I listened to that whole podcast. I was pretty pissed off the entire time, yelling and screaming at it, calling them names and just disagreeing with almost everything they had to say and agreeing with mostly what Dr. Drew had to say. Um, because he was playing, you know, devil's advocate and he's, he's, it's not like it's new things that he said. He's felt this way for quite some time. I think he even said he was going to go on Rogan and smoke pot, but we'll, we'll see if that ever happens. I don't know. He's been trying to get on Rogan forever. Um, but we'll see. But what I'm saying is, is that I disagreed with them and then I listened and then I had to make my own decisions and I had to think about what they were saying from my angle, right? And then I realized that I was doing the exact same thing when I was freshly off of alcohol, but I would have never come to that if I just keep listening to the things that I agree with. So again, if you're dealing with an addiction, deal with that addiction right? It's not anybody else's problem but yours. You need to figure it out for yourself, but you can use support to get through that. But we can't go around just demonizing everything. A drug is a drug. Um, anybody can get addicted to anything. Sex, caffeine, uh, sugar, right? That is a drug. A drug is anything that alters your, your, your state of being. Anything. So we put drugs into our system every day, and I think the more that this gets said, the more we'll understand that you taking an aspirin is just like someone smoking a joint. It's a drug, whether you like it or not. Just because you bought it in the grocery store over the counter doesn't make it not a drug, people. Just because you got it from the pharmacy doesn't make it not a drug. It doesn't. It makes it a legal drug that you can acquire legally. 
So why shouldn't all drugs just be legal so that people can just make their choice? And at least if we make things legal, now we can study them and figure shit out so that when things do go sideways, we know how to deal with it. So I think listening to people you disagree with is very important. I also think that legalization of everything is very important for science, for all of us. And I don't think anybody needs to go to jail for getting fucked up anymore. Real quick, did you hear about the IRS? The IRS is still backed up from last year. They still have hundreds, I think thousands, of uh, uh, tax returns that they haven't filed. So they're telling everybody when to start filing and that there's going to be a longer than anticipated wait to get our taxes done this year because they are understaffed. Well... Don't make them mandate something they don't want to do and just have them go to back to work. You know, I disagree with the masks. I don't care what you say about this N95 and this new N95 mask, right? I don't care. You both have to be, everybody has to be wearing them. Everybody has to be wearing them properly and then everybody has to be wearing them. And then you have to follow the rest of the rules. You know, six feet apart. Um, you know, don't, I mean, I'm just, I'm just so done with this shit until the CDC says I'm no longer vaccinated. I will actually worry about my vaccination, I guess. Personally, I'm waiting to find out how long it takes for the vaccine to get out of your system. That's what I'm more curious about because I don't want to get boosted. I don't think it's. I, I just don't. I just don't. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. My my mom got boosted. My sister got boosted. My dad's boosted. I mean, everybody I know is getting boosted. I get it. I get it. They keep saying it. They keep drilling it over and over and over again. And everybody just kind of falls in line because they're sick of hearing it. They're sick of questioning it. And they're sick of being on the, I guess, what you can feel is the wrong side of things, which I don't. It doesn't matter what side you're on. It just matters whether or not you, like, do you want to do this to yourself? And if the answer is no, then that's okay. Because now I'm at the point where I'm like, how long before this gets out of my system and I don't have it in my system anymore? Or has this permanently damaged everything inside of me? And even when it goes away, I'm left with, you know, the broken glass and the, the shattered mirrors and, you know, like a car accident, right? They clean up the accident, but you still have the car on the back of the tow truck in shambles, you know? And that's how I envision my body um, because of this. That spike protein has been known to do a lot of damage. So I'm like, okay, um... We'll see how long it takes to get out of my system. And then maybe I can turn all that around. I don't know. But I do know that I took an experimental drug. And if anything goes wrong, I can't sue them. And that is wrong. And I'm not playing with an ex- I'm not playing guinea pig anymore. I'm not allowing them to treat me like a guinea pig. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people think. 
that this is just it, it it is what it is. They called it experimental, so it's an experiment and they don't want to be treated like a lab rat. And I don't anymore either. Um I'm hoping I didn't get any true damage done to my body because of it, but it's not going to matter. You know, there's nothing I can do about it. But think about this, you know? Think about it. Uh, are, are people out of work, uh, shortages, places closing? Um, this is all our government's fault at the end of the day. It's it's their stupid way of doing things. Uh, no communication. Nothing makes any sense. And then when they don't want to pull the trigger on it, uh, you know, uh, these lawyers for these corporations uh, just go, we'll do it anyways. This will save our ass. So, I don't know. I don't know. I wanted to just kind of touch base on that because I'm just irritated, um, like us all. And I want to be rational about this. I want to have these conversations. I want to discuss this and get it out there and have people talking about it, you know? When does the vaccine actually leave our body? And if it does, what damage, how do we find out what it damaged? How do I find these things out? These, these are my next questions. You know, I don't know if my doctors are going to help me with this, but I'm going to ask. Um, and I think other people should too. Um, but, I mean, it's just, it's a wild, wild ride right now. And uh, anyways, it's time to pay the bills. Slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. You're not sure how to spell it. It's right here at the bottom of the screen or in the description below the video. I love these guys. I can't say it enough. I mean, it's amazing. What other company um, do you know that's constantly coming out with newer and newer products every single month? It's just incredible how uh, many products they can come up with. Look at all this new stuff. Look at these new skateboards. Uh, I mean, they got the octopus skateboard. They got the snail skateboard. They got socks. Look at the socks. These are fucking awesome. I mean, they're just great. Look at those prints and the embroidering up the, up the, uh, up the calf, up the ankle. Oh, man. They just came out with the kid's cobra tee. Look at this 2021 gorilla with calf. I love all of their products. I can't express that enough. I mean, they just keep coming out with new things. They got some stuff that's sold out, which is the sweatshirts. I mean, you got to get them. They still got the uh, heavy heavyweight hoodie uh, available today uh, or the crew neck sweatshirt. So go and get those. Um, they still got gloves for snow removal. I mean, there's plenty of that today, you know. At least around here there is. But these guys just have so many products, new products coming all the time. And you can only get it here at slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. If you can't spell it, it's right here at the bottom of the screen. Or you can click the link in the video below. New Hampshire Vape Gallery is located at 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, down the street from Home Depot and next to Smoke Rings, where we are open seven days a week from 1030 to 8 p.m. You can shop in our store. You can use cash. And don't forget, if you want to find something, give us a call. 603-814-4171. Look at this. Brand new juice. Candy King Bubble Gum Line. 
I've got the pod juice. Yeah, banging blue raz. This is just some of the many new products coming to New Hampshire Vape Gallery this 2022. Um, it's going to be a complete overhaul. I lost about 30 vape juices. Um, so we have got a lot of space to fill, and I'm excited to fill it with all these awesome brand new products. Um, and you can only get them at New Hampshire Vape Gallery. You want disposables, you need more flavored juices, menthol juices, you need uh, lozenges, pouches. I mean, we've got it all, and we're going to help you find what you're looking for today. And every day, because we are open seven days a week. So come on down to New Hampshire Vape Gallery, located at 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, down the street from Home Depot and next to Smoke Rings, where we are open seven days a week from 1030 to 8 p.m. And feel free to give us a call, 603-814-4171. And I look forward to seeing you there. NaturalBossNH.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-B-O-S-S-N-H.com. I love this website. Their organic products are amazing. I got some dry skin on my neck from this wonderful cold weather, and I use the salve on it, and it's going away. It makes me so happy to say that. Um, they've also got lip balm, body balm, beard oil, which I think I'm going to need. I'm going to get me some of that beard oil now and see how well it works, right? I've only talked about it for quite some time, and uh, now I'm excited to actually use it. Um, they've also got that foot and body soak, and they still have some Feeling Rosy foot and bath soak uh, discounted for $6 right now. So you can get one or all six of these products here today at naturalbossnh.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-B-O-S-S-N-H.com. And now... Back to talking with Topher. All right, so real quick, I'm going to do a couple current events here. Um, this one is insane. This one here. Um, anybody see, hear about this? This was fucking wild. This video is absolutely crazy. Uh, a tsunami has hit Tonga's largest island, reportedly sent waves flooding into the capital. This happened after an underwater volcano, and you're going to see it right here. Um, that it, This is in South Pacific. It, it exploded in that violent eruption, that satellite video that caught it. That's an island. Let's bring in meteorologist Allison Chinchar. Allison, what do we know about the tsunami? Right, so it actually happened last night, Eastern Time. It basically happened at 5.27 p.m. on the 14th. That would have been 11 p.m. last night, Eastern Time. Um, and very locally, uh, uh, some high tsunami waves in and around right where the volcanic eruption took place. Now, some really fascinating video coming in. Take a look at this. Again, you can see the initial eruption there and the subsequent shock wave that takes place because of the eruption. Again, you can see kind of around the outer edges here um, after the eruption takes place. Place. Again, just really incredible to kind of show the scope 
of the volcanic eruption. But yes, it was an underwater volcano. So again, as it's pushing up, it's displacing some of that water around it. So you are going to get some decent sized tsunami waves, um, again, around the local region here. So you had several around Tonga, Vanuatu, Hawaii, and then Norfolk Island, Australia, ending up with the highest, at least so far, observed wave at about 4.2 feet. Now, one thing to note, um, the Pacific Tsunami Warning Center, they're all keeping a very close eye on this. They are saying that if there were any unusual wave heights to arrive along the west coast of the U.S., it wouldn't be until about 6.15 a.m. Pacific time or about 9.15 a.m. Eastern time. But that is just so, so scary. I mean, that was right near that island. Now, I haven't seen any video footage of uh, the island that was closest to that eruption. Um, I did hear that uh, the waves did end up hitting the Alaska's warning went down. They didn't see too much. Um, and there were parts of California. I think there was another uh, spot above of, above California that saw like four point uh, three inch waves or something four feet. So, um, I mean, this is a couple days. I think it's day after everything went down, but isn't that eruption wild? I mean, to see that under the water would have probably been insane. I mean, the ripple that it, it was like, it was just so crazy. And it was, a, a, it amazed me that that little, that island uh, was still there after, you know, I, I, I saw that eruption. I saw that there was a landmass there and I was expecting no landmass to be there after, but it was, and hopefully not too many I'm hoping nobody died, but, you know, there's always um, death with these catastrophic events. Um, but, again, uh, Mother Earth is very angry right now, and she is just, man, I mean, what is going on under there? Did anybody know that that volcano was going to erupt, too? I mean, it's just a wild, wild scene. Um, let's see here. Um, I thought this was really neat. Uh, there's a huge fossil, um, giant 180 million year, giant 180 million year old sea dragon fossil found in UK reservoir. My producer, Jesse, gave me one job today to bring my fossil kit to work. Naturally, I forgot. So instead, here is a little toothbrush, which can be used in a pinch when fossil hunting. I used to be an archaeological assistant, so don't say that you don't learn things on this show. But then again, heftier tools were probably needed to unearth this that latest was... find. A 10-meter-long ichthyosaur, which is a sea predator that's been extinct for 90 million years. It's been discovered at Rutland Reservoir here in the UK. The paleontologist leading the excavation effort called it one of the greatest finds in British paleontological history. Um, Anglian Water, which manages the reservoir, is now looking for funding to preserve the fossil and allow the public to visit it. Ah, oh, that's so cool, huh? I, I thought that was—I thought that was really interesting. I was like, "Oh, wow!" So, it, but if you look at it, this is what it supposedly uh, looks like, right? And I don't know how true this is, but it—I mean, that just looks like an evil dolphin. Um, truthfully, yeah, but that's the reconstruction of what the ithoyosaur may look like. 
And then this is a top view um, of it. Pretty pretty wild, but 90, I mean, 180-million-year-old. I mean, that's crazy. Um, so, I don't know. I don't really know what to say about this. I just find it to be so neat that there's so many things um, that are popping up today. I mean, we're finding fossils. We're figuring a bunch of sh- uh, uh, stuff out about our, our, our past, about the Earth's history, um, you know, with being able to go to uh, different planets and figure them out and probably finding out that they had life on them and there was a catastrophic event that made it so that there's no life on it. Um, but it's like, okay, so if this, uh, so this dinosaur, this ancient fossil, uh, wound up in that area, so that would mean that that area was once underwater, right? So I think that's pretty neat when you, uh, find, when they find something like this, you're like, oh, that used to be all underwater, you know, I think I heard that uh, the water was receding in a bunch of places and underground, I mean, um, places that were above ground uh, went underwater and now the water is receding and those places are coming back because they're still there. They were just under, submerged underwater. So all these things coming about, I mean, if that really is like some type of a crazy dinosaur from our past, I mean, it just, it really looks like a, a evil dolphin, like an evil dolphin. Uh, but I thought it was really neat. I mean, this stuff is so interesting to me. There is so much we don't know. And I mean, it just goes to show you how much more there is to learn about the planet. And I mean, look at the ocean. I've never seen, oh, I've never seen uh, a fire in the ocean until what? That was 2021 uh, where we had the fire in the ocean that they had to put out. And then I've never seen a volcano erupt in the ocean. And, you know, we're starting off the new year with one, you know. So, I mean, Mother Earth is uh, changing. It's changing a lot right now. And um, I think that's mostly our fault. Um, Let's see here. Here, Here's something that's definitely our fault. Um, So, uh, elephants are dying uh, because there is uh, plastic everywhere, and they are trying to find food. Um, and I just think this is disgusting and sad. It shows you that we need to do something about this. I don't know what the fuck we do. I just don't. I mean, uh, this isn't another country. Uh, this is not America, and that makes it hard to regulate and figure out. And even if this was happening in America... We can barely clean up our homeless. All right? We can barely clean up our oceans. We can barely do anything to our own homeland. And I only bring this up because it's, it, 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 it's not only is it sad, but it's frustrating. Um, how did all the plastic get there? Are they going to tell me that? Probably not. But I'm wondering, how did it all get there? Is this a dumping ground for their trash? Because I know in some countries, their trash, they put into a burn pile. And they burn it. And that's horrible for the atmosphere. So we just don't know how to get rid of all the trash we make. And then, you know, I think it was recently... 
within the last five or six years, you know, uh, we were sending our trash to an island or to somebody else's, I forget where we were sending it, but they finally turned us around and was like, we're not taking your trash anymore. So this is becoming a huge problem. And the, the longer we go on, the more our populations grow, um, the worse it's going to get. I don't think this is going to get much better. I mean, we could figure out ways to clean it up and take care of it. But at the end of the day, it's just going to keep happening. I mean, the location just might change. But let's, let's listen to this. Find out why nearly two dozen elephants have mysteriously died in the country. Now, before we talk more about the story, we want to warn you that the images are graphic and you may find them disturbing. So if it's something you don't want to see, it's probably a good time to look away. But we're going to head over to Johannesburg now, where Deborah Pata is standing by to talk a little bit more about what we know. So, Deborah, I, I have to say, I might be one of those people who would have looked away if I, you know, we weren't conducting this interview. Um, the news about Zimbabwe comes after hundreds of elephants were found dead in neighboring Botswana earlier this year. And I had done a week volunteering with a, a, an elephant researcher in Botswana. And to hear that they are losing elephants and they don't know why is completely heartbreaking. Do they believe that the deaths in Botswana and Zimbabwe are linked? Good morning, Anne-Marie. Absolutely. You're so right. So heartbreaking. As you mentioned earlier this year, we had more than 350 elephants dying in Botswana with no explanation. And now in neighboring Zimbabwe, um, at last count, as we speak, 22 elephants um, have died in that country. But in terms of the link between the two, at this stage, it's unclear, but it seems unlikely that they are linked. Um, and there is some positive news from all of this in this tragic situation, if you can even call it positive. In the situation in Botswana, those deaths, that mass die-off, occurred in a very remote area. And so the carcasses of these elephants were actually only found weeks after it happened, which meant it was very difficult to get viable samples from the animals to ascertain what exactly mm. was the cause of their death. In Zimbabwe, however, those carcasses were found very quickly. Scientists and vets rushed to the scene and they were able to get samples immediately. And the labs, one of the best labs, in fact, in the region is near to where the elephants actually died. So we expect results from that very, very quickly. They've ruled out poaching, unfortunately, and very tragically in Zimbabwe, poachers often poison elephants deliberately with cyanide for their tusks. That is not the case here. They've also ruled out anthrax. It's a naturally occurring poison that occurs around this time of the year, but it doesn't seem to be that as the symptoms are very different. It seems to be a hemorrhagic type death. So hopefully those answers will come very quickly. Wow. Wow. That is just disturbing. So they're saying they don't know. I mean, this is like a six-minute video. I'm not going to play this for six minutes. So let's kind of skip through it real quick. Worried about the population because they are strong elephant populations, but they need to get to the cause. Elephants don't just drop dead for no reason. And over 350 in Botswana is a lot of elephants. So they need to understand, is this something that's human-made? So, for example, those farmers dumping pesticides in the water, that would need to be stopped. Is it a naturally occurring substance like anthrax, a poison? That would need to be stopped to stop the elephants from dying. 
or even worse, is it something that could threaten humans? Could it spill over and attack mm. livestock and humans? It's very important that they get those answers very quickly. Interestingly enough, this is the season when elephant poisonings do happen. Anthrax occurs naturally. So you do see some elephants dying, but not in the numbers that we saw um, in Botswana. It's, it's spring here now. Actually, you think it was summer. We seem to have skipped spring. And that's very important because, because of climate change, because of warming temperatures and global warming, we're seeing a lot hotter summers. And that in itself is a threat amplifier. Because what happens is that with warmer climates, there's even more possibility of anthrax deaths and other toxins that could cause elephants to die. So we need to get those answers as quickly as possible so that scientists can stop it from happening and mitigate against future, future damage and harm to those elephants, Anne-Marie. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Well, did I had no idea that anthrax... Is that a plant? Huh. I did not know it happened naturally. That is very interesting to me. But I did read the article a little bit. It wasn't um, this one per se, but they said that they were eating plastics. And they showed a, a whole area that was full of plastic bottles and plastic whatever. And these elephants were looking for food. And they couldn't find any. So instead of food, they were literally eating the plastic and dying from the plastic. But this has turned out to be so much more. Um, imagine that. It, uh, I mean, if the water got poisoned or this this anthrax uh, plant, I didn't. I did not know anthrax was a plant. I guess that makes sense. But I mean, if that starts coming up more and killing these elephants and these elephants are maybe eating something that's poisoned and that does um, get into the water and gets into the livestock and then gets into humans. I mean, we could be looking at something completely different and even more dangerous than COVID. I mean, this is fucking nuts, people. There is tons of shit going on. And if you look at everything, we all have the potential of dying from it. Um, as for the global warming part that she touched on, I mean, that's pretty wild. I mean, I can't say much about global warming except for the fact that, you know, it's happening. It's definitely happening. Um, but to skip a season? I mean, that's really going to fuck up the animals. I know that in, in, in New England... When we have our winters and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden, even before spring, we have like a 40, 45, 50 uh, degree day, um, you'll see uh, animals and bees and uh, certain things kind of like wake up and come out. And then all of a sudden, we'll get a, we'll get a, we'll go right back into our freeze. And then all those animals woke up, and now they're all dead. So that does happen um, because of, I'm assuming, global warming. But, I mean, that's a winter anyways. Winter, you have those sporadic warm days. That's why I said a while back, you know, I always get excited for a 40, 50-degree weather day um, with the sun out because then you can take off your jacket, and you're in a sweatshirt, and it's, it's like a beautiful spring, you know, day and it's only 40 50 out but our blood is so thick 
from it being so cold um, that it feels warmer than it actually is. It's it's pretty interesting how our bodies alchemate to the weather. Um, but yeah, I mean, to have elephants just eating plastic and dying or possibly eating a poison and keeling over, at least it's not poachers, right? I mean, I guess I'd rather have it be this than people just poaching them for their tusks, which was just so stupid. Um, you know, plastic is such a superior thing, but obviously um, not good, you know, if the elephants are eating it and dying. But we have got plastic deposits all over this planet, um, and plastic is a huge problem um, in general, uh, not just getting rid of it, but drinking from it, using it, microwaving it. Um, it's it's shortening our our sphincter. It's shortening our uh, our our uh, productive uh, reproductive um, organs and stuff like that. So plastic has a tremendous, tremendous, um, uh, horrible outcome all around. I mean, I can't get away from using it. Everything I have is plastic. Um, but I guess I should try to get away from microwaving my food in plastic, right? I don't know. There's all kinds of things I need to do that I don't. So, um, but I thought that was crazy. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, everything, everything everywhere is just insane right now. And elephants are dying and ah, the world's falling apart. And then my next one, uh, real quick. This little asshole, Martin, S-H-K-R-E-L-I, Treckley, I think. I may be pronouncing that wrong. I believe this is the guy that um, upped the insulin way back in the day. He took the insulin stock and jacked it or took the insulin price and jacked it and... A bunch of people died because they couldn't afford their insulin anymore. And uh, this this really screwed up a lot. And now he is being made to give back 65, is it million? Um, a federal court has ordered convicted pharmaceutical executive Martin Shrekri to return $64.6 worth of his profits he made from hiking the price of a life-saving drug. Yeah. Okay. Farmer bro Martin Shrekley is charged with fixing price of a life-saving drug. The former pharmaceutical industry, XL, is already imprisoned for securities fraud. But the FTC now alleges that Shrekley and Vera Pharmaceuticals allegedly reconstructed compensation. The drug was used to treat toxoplasmosis, a parasite disease that can be deadly in individuals with HIV and AIDS. My apologies. Uh, he jacked up the price of the dolphin more than 4,000%, $1,750 to $750 a pill um, when his company bought the U.S. rights to the drug. Absolutely disgusting. Um, Viria kept the price of the Daphomon as astronomically high by illegally boxing out the competition. Gail Levine, deputy director of FTC's Bureau of Compensation. The defendants hindered other drug makers from buying samples of Daraprim so they could develop generic 
toxmo tox toxoplasmosis drugs. Jesus Christ. They they also restricted access to the key DARPIM ingredient restraining comp- competition. The FTC says consumers would have saved tens of millions of dollars on generic drug had it existed. God damn, that's crazy. And I was wrong. I thought it was insulin. I didn't realize it was to help with uh, HIV or tox- toxoplasmosis, which you can get from stray cats. So you got to be very careful of stray cats on the street. Um, they'll scratch you. You can get it. And it's not good. Um, it actually has a lot of side effects. Um, one of them is that you're you know, willing to almost do anything. Um, I forget what that's uh, called. Um, but it's, it's, it's really not good. And once you get it, you can't get rid of it. So I don't know. I've, I've never been a real cat person. And when I heard that, I was definitely not one. Um, and my last one for the day. Yeah, let's let, let's go out with a bang here. Um, so Kanye West, um, in the main suspect in a battery investigation Los Angeles police confirmed to CBS News on Thursday the investigation stems from an incident that happened in downtown Los Angeles early Thursday morning so let's just see what's going on with Kanye what's he doing why is he beating people why is he trying to beat people up what is happening we begin with breaking news. The rapper formerly known as Kanye West is being investigated this morning by the LAPD for allegedly punching a man. CBS 2's Jasmine Vale joins us now with what detectives are looking into. Jasmine, good morning to you. Good morning, DeMarco. And this happened very early this mor- morning. Kanye West, who now goes by Yee, is reportedly a suspect now in a battery report filed early this morning in downtown LA. According to the entertainment website TMZ, Yee got into an argument outside Soho Warehouse, which is a members-only club on South Santa Fe Avenue and Bay Street. He allegedly pushed, then punched a, ma- a male fan who had asked for an autograph. The incident is being investigated as a misdemeanor battery, a charge that carries a maximum six months behind bars. Uh, the rapper reportedly left the scene before officers arrived, so they still need to talk to him. And so far, no one from Yee's camp has spoken out about this alleged incident. Just yesterday, he had been confirmed as a headliner for this year's Coachella Music Festival. So a lot on his plate. He dropped a new music video, new single, a new girlfriend. So unfortunately, DeMarco, this is a little bit of a setback. We're going to stay on top of the story, bring you any new developments as they come in. I'll send it back to you. Is this really a setback for him? I, I don't think so. I, I don't think it's a setback. Uh, I think uh, this is just Kanye being Kanye. Um, he must have hundreds of thousands of fans that come up to him all the time. And, you know, when I, I believe, and I'm not a famous person, so I don't know, but I feel like if I was to go up to a famous person and they were like, no, I would just say, okay. You know, I'd probably be a little butthurt. Um, I don't think I'd hold it against them, depending on how they said it. But if they say no, they say no for a reason. Like, it's not their obligation to do these things. So if you keep pushing, I mean, they're only human. They're only going to push back. And why would you ever push a person that has mental 
problems in the first place. We all know about Kanye's or Yee's uh, past medical uh, mental history um, because, uh, you know, there was that incident where uh, Kim Kardashian uh, had to call the cops. He was freaking out. We all found out he was bipolar. He stopped taking his meds, blah, 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 blah. So why would you ever keep pushing a person like that? You know that they've only got a small straw. And if you break that straw, they're just going to go off. And it's not their fault. I don't think it's his fault. I think it's the uh, the fans' fault. You know, it's just like paparazzi getting in uh, these famous people's faces and just, you know, bombarding them with cameras and flashes and hitting them with questions. And it's just questions that is going to make uh, content for the channel. It's not questions that they actually um, uh, care about. You know what I mean? They only want to get to the drama, the crap, and they want to exploit them so that their channel gets more views. So they're never looking out for these people. So when you go and ask for an autograph, unfortunately, all these things go through their head, you know, and then they just react. And if you expect a person not to react a specific, a specific way, that's insane. If I was dealing with something like that, I would probably be like, you know, I already said no. No means no. Period. No matter what is going on. I don't care if you want an autograph, if you want to have sex, if you want to go on a ride, you want to get let into somewhere. It doesn't matter. When you are told no, that needs to be accepted. And I don't think it was accepted. And I think that's what drove Kanye to do what he did. And you know what? His team of lawyers will probably have this all figured out. And that guy is probably going to not like Kanye anymore. But what's one of his fans not liking him anymore compared to the hundreds of millions of people that enjoy uh, his music and everything that he does? I just thought this was like so funny because it's Kanye. Why would you ever keep approaching him? We all know he's a short fuse. So... I hope uh, I hope this all gets figured out, and um, I, I hope that f I hope that fan now understands when you go up to anybody that's famous, it's not their obligation to stop everything they're doing to please you. Um, it's actually the opposite. You should be respectful of them if you're such a big fan, especially if they're eating dinner or if they're doing. S Just leave them the fuck alone, people. Calm down. You know, I think everybody just needs to calm down. I just don't get that way about famous people, but I've never been in front of a famous person. But if I I, I want to believe that if I was, I would give them the utmost respect and I would try not to ask them anything that would be offensive. You know, I want to make the interaction as positive as possible. And if anything, I would want whatever I'm talking to them about to be memorable in a good way, you know? Um, so I just, I think this is the fans' fault at the end of the day, but it's Kanye, so it makes big news, and everybody gets clicks, and now I'm talking about it. But, all right. So that's the podcast for today. Um, I hope everybody has a great day. Like I said, um, you know, uh, I hope this one, 
came out as good as the one that didn't record. Um, that was very frustrating for me, and I don't think I've really gotten over it. Um, but it is like 6.30 at night, and I have got to get the rest of my uh, stuff done and get set up for work tomorrow. And luckily, the sun came out and melted everything away like I wanted it to. So I don't have to worry about that. Um, anymore, and I think we're just going to get some cold weather coming in, uh, so watch out for ice out there. Um, I just want to say thank you again uh, to all my subscribers. You're what keeps me coming back here week after week, so I greatly appreciate you all. Um, if you're new to the podcast, remember to subscribe, set those alarms, hit those uh, thumbs up for the videos, share, rate, review, and leave comments in the comment section. All of that helps the podcast grow. Need your help to do that. And, of course, if you want to follow me, I'm on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. And if you want to get a chance to get some free slowdown merch while supplies last, I'll put slowdown in the subject line. Send your uh, advice, questions, story over to T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. That's talking with Topher at gmail.com. And, of course, until next week, I just hope everybody enjoys their Thursday. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you later. I'll talk to you later.